Game 730 AM studio is powered by Driven Collision. We make friends by accident. The views and positions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the game 730 AM. Some may find the content of this program controversial or offensive. Put on your big boy pants and buckle up. This isn't a safe space for weak takes or whining. You can say that this sports radio show is offensive minded. Call the show at 517-300-4263. Text or call us through the game, 730 AM Message the game, 730 AM on Facebook. Guess who's back? Back again. Beanie's back. Tell a friend. Here's your host and professional Hellraiser, Beanie Yes, on offensive minded. With Beanie and the DeWitt Dream, Steve Cook. It's the loudest manure chant I've ever heard. 55 and sunny in your capital city on Tuesday, November 14th. Now, we are blessed about the only thing not going right here. Is that it's not total BS right now. It's just total B. With me, Beanie. Because of the wit dream, Steve Goff is off playing corporate ambassador. Someone buzzed to get in right before we're about to go on air, and this joker ran out there to open the door. That's not our job, bro. We're talent. We don't do that. We don't we don't mix with the plebeians. Anyway, welcome in. You know all the ways to join in the conversation. Phone line, 517-300-4263. Email address, beanie at wvfnam.com. You can use Facebook, message or comment there. Just search Facebook for the game, 730 AM. And then there's the free game, 730 AM app. Just click chat in the main menu. It sends over a free text message to us. Why would you ever run out there to, to talk to them? You know what I do? I'm all about serving the customers. Was that what it was, though? I, I mm-hmm. thought it was just a plebe, a plebeian, not a, <laughs> not a client. I come down off the mountain a cage. You know, hard to believe around here, <laughs> but it's not our job to answer the door. <laughs> well, I could get myself into some serious trouble there. I think we could just leave it there. Let's just be kind to others. Shall we? Okay. I just no. got a very bizarre <laughs> error message. And there we go. There we go. I'm going to fly blind again. 
Computers I, crashing. Awesome. You know, what are we doing in the world of radio before we had computers? Would you like me to go on a dissertation and tell you about my entire radio career, Beanie? Would that be captivating audio here? Did you have to land a plane blind with no instruments? I mean, no, but we had to be trusted with razor blades and, and tape. Like and actual cassette audio tape. Yeah. Only not cassettes, but giant, you know, vats. Reel to reel? Yeah, that's what they're called. It's an industry term. Reel to reel. Yes. So we didn't have computers back then. Well, speaking of real, mm-hmm. let's get real. I know they've already got one loss, but the first real game for Michigan State basketball is tonight. Mm-hmm. Real dumb that we're talking about college basketball on Tuesday, November 14th. But you know what? That's the position we're in up here, so let's just embrace it. Mm. Michigan State and Duke in the Champions Classic, 7 o'clock. You can hear it. On 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, the Lansing Sports Network. You can also stream it at LansingSportsNetwork.com and in the free Lansing Sports Network app. There, I think I hit my quota for mentioning that for today. But no, seriously, uh, pregame coverage starts at 6 o'clock. From the United Center in Chicago, mm-hmm. Duke lay in three. You know, um, so State dropped all the way to 18th in the poll. Duke dropped two. Did you see they lost a home game? Yep. But it, unlike State, it was against a bona fide Power 5 team and actually an, a ranked Arizona team went don't, into Duke and won. Don't sleep on James Madison, though. They're 3-0. and Yeah, they, uh, they might just be a team of destiny, dude. With mm-hmm. what they did, they were down five. They scored five points at Kent State in the last, like, three seconds. Force overtime, win in double overtime. Yep. Could just be a team of destiny situation. But um, look, here's what I want to know. Mm. Again, Nove- I, I, I say it every year. I'm not going to get upset about November college basketball. But this year, it looks like I might set a record and be upset in back-to-back weeks about November basketball. <laughs> but no, seriously, um, don't we kind of need this? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to go out on a lit. Are we doing picks yet? I mean, go for it. We don't follow convention here. There will be a three-point victory, but it will not be by Duke. Why are you so confident? I just have a feeling. It, it's, it's nothing more than that, to be honest. But I think that these two teams are more evenly matched than people think. And I know you've said it before. Duke is loaded. They're loaded. But look, any team... It, look... A traditional powerhouse in NCAA basketball is going to be loaded to a certain extent. You've got great, you've got 50 states from which to choose talent. Okay, you can't have them all at Duke. Now, granted, they rank their classes and all that stuff. That's great. Kids get injured. They move on. They stay for, you know, six months. They have an issue. They, they never hear from them again. Whatever. Stuff happens. I think Michigan State has a load of talent. I think Duke has a load of talent, but I think they're more evenly matched than people will give them credit for on the hardwood. Yeah, I'm not concerned about the talent disparity, though. Yeah. Like, for me, it's the recipes. So, <laughs> for Michigan State, it always takes longer to come together. It's mm-hmm. just the way it works here. It's, mm-hmm. it's just how his system works. I don't think he can be that upset about it because, well, guy's got eight Final Fours. He averages one, like, within every four years because of his the way he does things, there's no denying it. But it does mean you struggle in these, you know, non-conference early season matchups against other, you know, bona fide college basketball programs, certainly against Blue Bloods. Yeah. 
for whatever reason, you know, it just takes them longer to figure out their rotations and certainly for the freshmen to get into the, the groove. And, and that's because, look, you make one mistake, you're out. I think that's true, but I also think that Tom Izzo has become the master of the low and slow. Yeah, I, I love to, to uh, smoke on the smoker, right? The smoker. And they always tell you with the meat, low and slow. You know, you, you slow and low, whatever, you know, lower temperature, whatever. Um, longer time to get the, to the actual where you want it to be, right? Same thing with a fine wine. And Tom Izzo seems to be, first of all, what is your hurry? What's my hurry? What's your uh, yeah? Because I'm I'm gonna say something. It, I would it, like to win a game against Duke. That'd but, be nice. R- but beyond that, you were panicking from day one. Here's the thing, you, you well, have I was to panicking after they lost at home to a mid major. Patience, well, stuff happens. Not panicking so much, just pissed off. You were on the ledge. Come on, well, I, I was, walked you off. But don't you think I was more pissed than anything? Yes, but but uh, here's the thing, I don't think it's it's time for that. I think tradition is what it is. You're gonna see Michigan State teams kind of unfold as the season goes on. And I'm telling you what, the formula is there and usually leads to some pretty decent success. Whether we're winning championships every year is is a moot point. I'm talking about, you know, success is measured in different ways. And I think the team typically comes together, especially by tournament time. Coach Izzo has this team always prepared when it comes time for the tournament. And they navigate the regular season in a, in a way that, that gives them a few losses and a few big wins, and they bring it all together. Yeah, but and that's States what we never, ultimately need to look to. States never beat Duke in the Champions Classic. That would be nice. It would just be nice. And, you know, I, again, I, <clears throat> normally I don't care about this kind of stuff. The only reason I kind of care about it tonight is we need something. We do. Oh, God. We as, just we as didn't, Spartan fans we in general, having just a bad football <laughs> season. It's a historically awful situation. So that's the question. Mm-hmm. How bad do you need Michigan State to beat Duke tonight in the Champions Classic? Five one seven three hundred forty two sixty three. Hi, Jeff. What's up? Well, I want to talk about the game, but first, I need you to promise you're not going to go all Mel Tucker on me today. <laughs> like you did last Whoa! Week. Well, he got. Did you hear how excited and riled up Jeff got me yesterday, Steve? <laughs> he called in and said, "Okay, what if they get Urban Meyer and he brings Jamie Chadwell here to groom as his long-term replacement?" And I got to be honest, my reaction was vibrator. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. I'll, I'll keep it under control this time. Oh, so tonight's game. I got Michigan State seventy-two sixty-nine. Yes, Duke has won eight of the last ten, but that was coached by Mike K or by a yeah, yeah by K. On Coach K is gone. This new guy Izzo needs to own him. It's time for Izzo to be the man and for us to start a streak against Duke, mm-hmm. and that's going to start tonight. He's going to have him ready, and uh, it's going to be a victory for MSU. And before somebody says it's 420 somewhere, because it is, Jeff is on to something here. Well, why are you so confident? Well, um, kind of like he said, we can get up for these big games. We're going to lose some of those that we're not supposed to, and that's where we learn. But it's just, I just feel like Izzo Izzo's doing this because he knows we need it. He's going to have the team ready. Mm-hmm. He knows that, like you said, we, we need something, and he's going to have the team ready. I can just feel it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm going to pick Duke just because stats. State's all-time 4-14 four and 14 against Duke. Never beat them in the Champions Classic. And, again, the bigger thing to me is I don't think there's some huge gap in talent here because there's not. not. Most years there are, but there's not this year. 
And yeah, Shashevsky's gone. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Shire, like Shashevsky, doesn't bench guys when they make one mistake. So you know, th- the system takes longer for Izzo to implement because of that. I just, you know, I feel like these teams that State goes up against in these situations has a little bit of edge. That doesn't concern you tonight, Jeff? Doesn't concern me at all. I think that. Uh, um, I think Duke will be a little intimidated now now by MSU and, and Izzo, and they don't have the coach to go back on. Yeah, Shire's doing a decent job, but he doesn't have the, the pedigree yet. Okay. Well, cool. Thanks for the call. And you know what, Jeff? I hope you're right. And if you are, I'll come in here and gl- gladly eat some crow tomorrow. But before we make any progress, I would just like to point out that Jeff started that call by asking me to, uh, you know, to not uh, go full-blown Mel Tucker. Oh. Nobody cares. And then he went on to say, in one call, the terms 69, oh, hard, and get up. I go down on this guy. Oh. And somehow I'm the one that's sophomoric. No. Anyway, thanks for the call, Jeff. I hope he's right. I do. I'm not, I'm not trying to do Debbie Downer. I'm not. I just... Well, I mean, the facts are what they are, and and it's hard when you look at um, the stats, too, especially the outside shooting. You haven't gotten into the stats yet, but I know you're going to pull them up. Outside shooting for Michigan State is is unheard of. I I can't remember a team that has been this awful in the first few games. No, it's statistically the worst start ever. For yeah. them at three point shooting, they are there are 350 teams in Division One college basketball this year. Michigan State currently ranks 350th <laughs> three point shooting percentage. You know it's uh what they've hit two it, it's, three or two. It's two out of two for 31, which is mm-hmm. point. It's not even one percent. It's point six five percent. And that's uncharacteristic. That's that's this I agree that yeah this it's gonna even to it'll be about. yeah I'm not worried about that yeah. Um, it's it's stuff like this. Look, they struggled all year last season against bigs. Mm-hmm. In this game, in this Champions Classic tournament, or whatever you want to call it, invitational, they struggled too. Mm-hmm. Oscar Sheboy with Kentucky had a day. Now they got him to foul out and won in overtime because of that. But Sissoko and Cooper, they're going to have their hands full tonight with Phil Powski from, from Duke is back. He entered the draft and then withdrew, which he can do now. Smart yep. move. Uh, he averaged 25. He's averaging 25 already across two games, and he's a bona fide, legit seven feet. So, and he can shoot and he can handle. That'll, so That'll prep us for the future, won't it? Well, they don't have to deal with that kind of a big in the Big Ten. The bigs in the Big Ten are very traditional. Lurch-like. Mm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just... I think that Filpowski is probably going to make us look really, really bad on the inside tonight. Is will they be able to overcome it? Probably not. That's that's where it comes from for me. But again, you know, it doesn't really affect your overall goals for this season. It's just, man, it'd be nice to have this considering how bad football has been. D Rock's on. The, oh, I lost him. D Rock, call back, man. Made him upset. I was about to You're go. Telling to him you. that the, the Spartans aren't going to be good down the in the low post. D-Rock, give us a call back, 517-342-63. We'll move you right to the front. Uh, yeah, I, I, look, I don't think this is like a must-win or something. This is more like a must-win for the morale of the fan base. You know, not because it's an actual must-win for the, the team or anything. Well, do you think that, that this would have been a win on your... If you would have circled the schedule at the beginning of the season, would you have thought, hey, we're playing Duke, we're going to win this game? No, because I never think that when they play Duke. Well... <laughs> No. Right. So there's no pressure. Uh, well, yeah. 
it's just there's going to be a ton of state fans there because it's Chicago. It's okay. you know, and there always are in Chicago and Indianapolis, but especially now because the fan base is starved for something. You know, we I've heard need- that. We haven't talked about, there have been a lot of uh, champions coming from the Michigan State Athletics Department recently. Like? I'm a horse football coach right now. Like him? No, no, not like him. Other sports. Like him? This is a celebration. (laughs) You are a soundbite man today. Next question. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Now there's there's a champion. Next question. Uh At least once. D-Rock's back. What's up, D-Rock? Hey, what's going on, guys? We're good, man. What you got? Hey, I think this game here is going to be a defining moment for MSU season. You know, they always start high in the, in the polls, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, what? They lose a game or two, mm-hmm. and then what? They're out of it. You know, out of, out of the polls. And, you know, and, hey, I, I, I think it is. I know it's still early, but we'll see what happens tonight. I'm going to go with Sparty tonight because, uh, you know, I'm a homer, but. I wouldn't be surprised if Duke wins the game. What are you basing it off of? Well, just the, all this, all this hype, man. You know, you got the, all these guys that was coming back. You know, uh, what we had what three guys that said, or at least two guys that said they was going to go to the pros, or at least to the draft, and then they changed their mind and decided to come back. I mean, well, come on, man. You guys got all this experience. Let's, let's show it. You know, you can't go one for thirteen or one for twenty. Or whatever they went from behind the arc. Yeah, I mean, come on, you know, let's, you know, you you got all this experience, you know, and then you're getting outplayed by these freshmen or whatever. And then I'm I'm like you, let them guys play, man. But I guess that's Izzo's way. He's been that way for years. Yeah, like, he ain't gonna change. Yeah, you can't make that mistake and just get yanked. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the way it's going to be, unfortunately. And I wish it were different. I'm not saying he needs to let them play through anything, but I would like. For him to, you know, give guys a little bit longer of a leash, but he look, he's not going to change. Tigers don't sh- don't change their stripes, right? Like people don't change, yeah. especially when they're almost seventy years old. Like the time for change has right. passed. Yeah, and, and you know, going back, you know, in history, Denzel and them guys, they should have won it all. Yeah, and they get bounced in the first game. The twenty fourteen team, you know, with um, you know, Payne, Appling, right. uh, Dawson. Gary Harris, that was a loaded team too. And then they got Shabazz Napiered by UConn in the Elite Eight. That team should have won it all, probably. I know, man, it it stinks. But hey, we'll see what happens. Hey, another thing, have you heard anything about Denzel Washington? Has he uh, uh, Valentine's? Has he got back got back in the league or what? I don't think so. I I haven't heard that. Um, If he is, he's he's not playing. Let me look. I'll, I'll have to look it up. But I haven't. And also, I haven't really been up on that let's see nope he's in the australian basketball league with the sydney kings oh really yeah that sucks man, well at least he's still get, playing I guess. You, yeah yeah once you get bounced out of the league man it's, it's a tough goal to try to get back in there yeah it sucks for him i thought he had a real shot to have a long nba career just because i mean he, he could he was a playmaker man yeah yeah all right d rock right, you guys have a good one you too appreciate it how come everyone does that? And I'm not pound, or piling on D-Rock. I've done it before. Hmm. So many people, when they try to say Denzel Valentine, say Denzel Washington. 
I uh, is that the only other Den- is that why like that was the first Denzel everyone knew of? I guess it was for me. That was the first Denzel I knew. Same, same here. Yeah. You know, um, funny story. Back when I was still at M Live and covering Michigan State sports. Um, geez, what's the what's the right way to tell this story? Gosh. All right. This isn't really getting anyone in trouble. And if it is, it'll be me. But look, when you're a reporter, you hear a lot of innuendo and rumor that you got to follow up on. And almost an overwhelming majority of the time, it doesn't turn out to be a story. Mm -hmm. So one tip I got one day was that it was just generic. Like a couple of Michigan State basketball players were involved in something at a you know, a bar or something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter which one. So I call, you know, I, I do the necessary groundwork. The cops wouldn't really give me anything, but I could tell by the way they were acting, there was something there. So I, I put through an FOIA, FOIA, you know, for mm-hmm. Freedom of Information Act request to get like the the calls they got that night and the, the blotter and all that stuff. And I found out what, it was a big nothing burger to borrow a, a term from our Michigan <laughs> brethren. It was a big nothing burger. But when I got the call, Someone who was clearly under the influence was upset with a group of another group of people at this establishment, among whom were a couple of state basketball players. Denzel Valentine was one. Uh. And in the call, the drunken person complaining was like, it's all a bunch of Michigan State basketball players. It said that Denzel Washington (laughs) and the 911 operator goes, Denzel Washington. He's like, yeah, yeah, Denzel Washington. And they're like, the actor? He said, no, the, the guard from Michigan State. Oh, you mean Denzel Valentine. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's what I said. No. Everybody does that, though. I've okay. done it before. Okay. Well, he's a great, he's, a, he's an American icon, too. Love Denzel Washington. He really is. Yeah. Denzel Valentine, by the way, one of the all-time great seasons I've witnessed at Michigan State. Man, that sucked. First round, Middle Tennessee State. See, I'd rather lose to James Madison in November than go through that again. Boy, you are really getting off track. Other stuff to get to today. I've already got a message on this. We'll get to it. John Freeberg is very interested mayor. in the little rumor going around that Michigan State, or excuse me, that Michigan is thinking about leaving the Big Ten over how unfairly they've been treated by the Big Ten. Cry baby pee-pee pants. Yeah, we'll get to that. But here's a spoiler alert. They ain't gonna. Will Michigan <laughs> leave this cash cow? <laughs> we'll get to it. I want to do some more on the coaching search for MSU because, look, basically you have less than two weeks until the season's over. I thought the plan was to have a person in place by the end of the first week of December, but I don't know. We'll see. So, and, and, by the way, there's some, uh, they have some competition now among other Power 5 jobs that are, have come available very recently. I wanted to get into that. And uh, look, we'll take your calls all day. If you want to weigh in on the Champions Classic, Michigan State and Duke, the question is, does this feel like a bigger game to you because you need something positive from Michigan State sports thanks to the football season we've endured? 517-300-4263. Email us, beanie at wvfnam.com. Send a Facebook message or comment. Search Facebook for the game 7.30 a.m. to do that. Or use the free game 7.30 a.m. app. Click chat in the main menu. Sends over a free text to us. It's total BS with a DeWitt Dream special in-studio guest. And we're back after these words. 
The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports Network. He shoots, he scores on a backhand. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. Parking scores from the right side goal line. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey. Not afraid to be wrong, but he's typically right. Amy Howell on the game, 7.30 a.m. And we're back. Okay, out to the. Tim Stout was a Kiss fan. (laughs) Can you imagine? Turn that racket down. (laughs) Just a lot of noise. I liked them better when they wore the makeup. I didn't (laughs) like it when they didn't do makeup. You know what's weird is Tim is the same age probably as Gene Simmons. (laughs) He probably is. And they couldn't seem further apart in age. Oh. Anyway. Love Mr. Stout. I, I, you know what though? Don't you think Tim looks remarkably young for hit? Oh my! Well, I have no idea how old he is, but well, he, he's, he's over seventy. Very, we know he's that. very svelte. He's always yeah, nicely he's dressed. He's, he's a, full of piss and vinegar. He he gets riled up once in a while. Sure does, Usually, especially when he's a, hanging out with you. Yeah, on account of something <laughs> I say. <laughs> but yeah, I I told him. I think, were you there on that tailgate show? Yeah. I told him. I was like, dude, I if I didn't know any better, I would guess he was like sixty five yeah. at most. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling if I make it to 70-whatever, I'll look like I've been through some stuff. (laughs) Speaking of that, somebody... Oh, I don't have it in front of me. And this Uh radio is an aural medium anyway, so this wouldn't work. But somebody had a thread on Twitter of like... You know how everyone always does a before and after with the president and you can see how much the job aged them? They did that with college football coaches. Harbaugh has aged so much from when he took the job. When he took the job, he looked like a player still. Hmm. And now he looks like his dad. He looks kind of elderly, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah. he's, he's more gaunt. I can imagine that is a, a high-pressure job that would probably take it out of you. Yeah. Well, you never get time off. There's no off-season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They work, like, 100-hour weeks. It's brutal. I'm sure it ages them. But I also saw, you know, someone did uh, Urban Meyer before and after Ohio State. He aged a bunch. D'Antonio really yeah. aged. I mean, look at D'Antonio now compared to when he started. Oof. Yeah. Hey, happens to the best of us. There's only one coach I can think of who looks younger than when he started. <laughs> like and it's the, Benjamin, the Benjamin yeah. Button. <laughs> it's Nick Saban. Because if you remember when he was started at Michigan State, he wasn't dying his hair yet. Uh-huh. It was completely gray. Touch of gray. <laughs> no, it was like full-blown gray. And yeah. now it's he's been dying it for like 25 years. He looks younger. Clean living, man. He also got rid of the Coke bottle glasses. Yep. You know, yep. that LSU money. It really he helps. To, he has to measure up against that big old statue they got of him down there. Isn't that just by rule a bad idea to build a statue of someone while they're still alive and could still commit a heinous crime or scandal uh, yeah it, it's it, you're taking your chances uh, that guy could do just about anything though i think and the folks of alabama would probably forgive him no matter what yeah and you can always just 
get rid of the statue. Yeah. And then let things cool down and put it back up like <laughs> Penn State did or the Joe Pa statue. They pulled it down, and then like two years later, like, okay, everyone forgot. Oh, we'll put geez. it back up. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I wanted to uh, Speaking get of in- statues, look at that picture of Coach Harbaugh there. That's the sta- that is the face that I see at every press conference, that kind of lost looking off into space wondering how we're going to deflect the next question with something completely unrelated yeah i'm sorry you haven't talked enough about michigan or green bay so i'm going to come up with a green bay packers reference yeah i'm sorry i'm getting i'm getting off topic and getting away from our hard-hitting green bay packers coverage that our our michigan fan audience so desperately wants to you know what though speaking of green bay packers uh reed is doing great yeah that guy is... He's a good player. He's on fire. I like it. He had a big game at Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Jordan Love so, showed some flashes, but then the game ended on consecutive interceptions from him. So, uh, yeah. yeah, not feeling too great. They're th- both of my football teams are three and seven. Oh. This sucks. Yeah. Well, anyway, I want to get to the what the mayor of Holt, John Freeberg, asked about in the free game 730 AM app as it pertains to Michigan. We will. But first, I didn't have time to get to this yesterday. As you were mentioning, Steve, I don't know. Harbaugh has always been a weird dude. <laughs> but his behavior at press conferences has become increasingly alarming. Do, like, do, do people realize if this weren't one of the premier coaches in college football, but if this were a loved one at, like, Thanksgiving dinner, you would, like, you would either institutionalize them or take them to some sort of cognition test gently by the arm yes okay jim let's get you to bed (laughs) you know the chicken is a nervous bird okay okay jim we'll we'll get you right off the bed you know i used to say the chicken was a nervous bird but my opinion has changed since i got a few it's a it's a low maintenance high productivity bird okay grandpa (laughs) okay sure it is now let's get you into those slippers. <laughs> I pictured Jason Bateman when you did that. Just like, just the typical yeah. Jason Bateman delivery. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <Just kinda. laughs> okay, but here, this is Harbaugh. You know, after, by the way. Oh, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> go ahead. What am I going to say? You're going to say Jim was watching lovingly as, as his uh, trusted advisor was giving his post-game interview, and Jim was touching the TV with his hands and feeling the power, if you will. Put (laughs) your hands on the TV. I don't have that clip of him talking about it, but didn't he say he was like three Three inches inches from from the the TV? TV. Ugh, gag me. Yeah. The the whole Michigan response to this thing, the hail to the victims Mm -hmm. stuff, has been, wow, it is just... Mm-hmm. And the shamelessness, I don't know if it's shamelessness, obliviousness, or just they don't give a damn what everyone else thinks about how gross it is and weird. But um, before I, I get into this sound, what I wanted to say was, can you imagine if Michigan State had a head football coach who had yes. just been suspended oh. <laughs> for the second time in the same season for a completely different issue? Mm-hmm. And his first press availability since the second suspension, which became a major story, obviously. If the local media corps here asked him the kind of questions like, what do you think of the way your team played without you? And has your opinion on chickens changed? (laughs) Can you imagine? Like, 
Softball questions like yes, that? Yes, they'd be getting torched. Meanwhile, the Detroit media is treating Jim like he is an invalid. Mm-hmm. The questions are ridiculous. Oh, yeah. What are, they, what are they there for? What do you do anymore? What's the point? What, are, what is the Detroit media showing up at these press conferences for just to ask him about anything other than the biggest story in sports? What would you say you do here? Yeah. What? Yeah. Good question, Bob. Let's just call it what it is. It's blatant U of M propaganda. That's all they do anymore. How do you think those same reporters would behave if this was still D'Antonio and he had been suspended for the second time in the same season? Oh. The questions would be all about that. Mark, do you feel bad for being the worst person on earth? <laughs> Mark, we know you're a Catholic. Do you think you're going to hell for this? <laughs> Mark, do you think you're just a bad person or the worst person? Yeah. This is... Anyway, Ugh. here's old Jim yesterday. I didn't have time to get to it on the show yesterday, but this is from his you know, weekly press conference yesterday afternoon. <laughs> just incredible. Like, we say it all the time. It's a cult, and most cults are completely cut off from the rest of the world and as such have no idea what the general worldviews about their cult are of course, and are completely out of touch. Here's Jim proving all that true. The perseverance, you know, and then the, just the stalwartness of these guys. I mean, yeah, Watson, I would have to say, I mean, everybody. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America, America loves a team that, that, uh, you know, beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes with the naysayers and, you know, critics, so-called experts, think um Hmm. that's my favorite kind of team and yeah watching it from from that view on the television like it was finally people get to see what i see every day what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Amen. That's that's my official response. Actually, you know what I wanted to do in the middle of this? Here, let's do it again. Here's here's what someone, the adult in the room, if there was one, should have done this. The perseverance, you know, and then the, just the stalwartness of these guys. I mean... Yeah, Watson, I would have to say, I mean, everybody. It's got to be America's team. Okay, Jim. Let, let's get you to bed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jim. Jason Bateman. Bring him in. <laughs> Take him by the arm. Oh, oh okay, Grandpa. Uh, 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 does he think that, does he know? Just stalwartness. Uh, <laughs> that America exists outside the borders of Ann Arbor, Michigan? <laughs> no, because, again, cults don't recognize whatever is without the cult. You're right? not America's team. These guys, I mean, oh. Yeah, Watson, I would have to say, I mean, everybody. It's got to be America's team. No. America. <laughs> That's the, this is the only thing that could save this press conference. America. <laughs> uh, it's just incredible. Oh, the stuff God. said it, like, and you know, I, I, had a, I had a field day on the Sharon Moore comments yesterday. Is there a fan base that enjoys perceived victimhood 
more than Michigan. I can't think of another fan base that prioritizes this aggrieved response more than winning. They like that more than winning, than actually doing something on the field. It's they, they're always the victim. And yet like to play the bully. It's just so weird. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> but you you got to commend them for how committed they are. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, just all in, no matter what. And how committed Jim should be Ooh. to an institution yeah. against his will. <laughs> Maybe Tony Petiti could do something about that. But no, seriously, man, like, they're, they're out there talking about how they've overcome all the adversity. You created the adversity! It, yeah, it, it almost seems premeditated. Like, like this has been part of the plan all along. Let's get to the point where we're just nonstop, just taking shots to the chin. Well, you know, people it is, are going to end up feeling sorry for us at some point. It is probably the oldest trick in the Michigan difference playbook. Mm-hmm. As Chris Vanini pointed out, he works for The Athletic. He did a really good job on this. I'm trying to get him on the show, but his schedule is crazy. Just because I'd like people to hear him talk about it. He can do it way better than me. But the history of Michigan football is littered with instances over the last 120 or whatever years it is of Michigan pointing the finger at other schools within the conference for cheating. And then it almost inevitably always coming out that they're doing what they're projecting on others. Right. (laughs) Somehow the thumb disappears. Yeah. This The victim complex is built in. It's part of, hey, let me do you a favor. For any Michigan fan listening, lean in real close. Here we go. Lean into the radio. Lay hands on the radio. (laughs) But no, listen, seriously. You're not a victim when the adversity is Mm self-inflicted. That doesn't make you a victim. No. Stop it. You got one of the best football teams in the country. You're having one of the best football runs in any of your lifetimes. Can, can we just hold on a minute? I want to put a pin in that to use a great corporate term. Let's put a pin in that <laughs> because I want it to be known no matter who's listening and no matter what their viewpoint is on how you cover things, what we have said together on the show and whatever, we are not afraid to say bad things about Michigan State or Michigan. And quite frankly, I have gone on record, and I know you have too, said it several times. Michigan is a great football team. Nobody cares. I know, (laughs) but that may be. But they don't need to to do what they've done to get there. That's I guess that's my point. You're a great team. Embrace that. Win properly. Win with dignity. For God's sakes. You know, I'm bitterly disappointed. (laughs) I like when you go on monologues because then I can just go ape bleep. Sometimes, man, I just get sick of it. Yeah, I I just, you know, seriously, I will give credit where where it's due. I'm not going to say he's not a great coach. I'm not. He gets the best out of his players. Great. Is he the second coming? No, no, he's a good football coach. He's he's won everywhere he's been. And even with this scandal, which certainly taints the, the last two and a half years, three seasons of <laughs> why don't you just say it into the microphone? Oh, no. Yes, I can say taint. 
in that context. <sighs> anyway, um, yeah, he's, he's an awesome coach. They have one of the very best teams in the country. They're really good. Most teams cannot go on the road and beat a top 10 opponent by running the ball 32 consecutive times. And telling them that's what we're going to do. That's what's so impressive about it. I had a Michigan fan call me yesterday and say, that was the worst coached game I've ever seen. True Blue, longtime listener and hardcore Michigan fan. He said Sharon Moore called the worst game he's ever seen. And I said, I thought it was genius. Because if it he, ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, and he, you know what he realized? He realized when they were up 17 to whatever, first of all, that's enough points to win. Mm-hmm. And then he realized the only way Penn State even gets back in this game is if we give them the ball and we breathe life into them, so we're not going to do it. Yeah, We're just going to line it up and run it for five yards of carry until the clock is done. There is nothing wrong with doing that. No, it's impressive. Yeah. It's old school, rugged, impressive. In the side note, this has nothing to do with what we've been talking about. How long is that Penn State coach going to be there? Dude, they're in a... They're in an impossible situation, and I don't envy so them. So they're upside down because he can't beat, he can't win the big games. He loses the two biggest games on his schedule every season. Right. He's beaten Ohio State once, and it was on a fluky blocked kick or blocked punt mm-hmm. almost 10 years ago, 2016. And then he's beat Michigan three times out of 10, I think. So, yeah, every year they're the, they're not even the bridesmaid. They're the, <laughs> what's after maid of honor? <laughs> I don't know. Me, me. I don't Matron know. Matron of honor. Yeah, no, I don't know if that's good. Better well, anyway, they, they've got a choice to make, man. Like it's hard to fire a guy who averages 10, 10 wins a year, and he does. But Penn State has to decide before they make a decision on James Franklin. They got to figure out, and with some serious conviction, are we okay with winning ten games a year and just getting a nice bowl game? Or do we want to seriously challenge, you know, among the best of the country? Do we want to be at the top of the heap? Do we want to regularly win one of these big games at least a year and, and challenge for a playoff and for a national championship? They got to make that choice. I, I feel like the fan base now is ready to move on. But I don't know, man. What about the fan base for Michigan? You think that they are just grossly assuming that Harbaugh's back next year? I, You know what? All right. Do they have some kind of rational thought left? No. Okay. That's all you had to say. Yeah. You could have stopped that for right. thought. <laughs> but no, I think the Michigan fans, and any listening are free to correct me if I'm mischaracterizing your guys' approach, but I feel like they no longer are looking anywhere down the road. Yeah. Because they know whatever happens this year <laughs> is going to get undone you know, technically. So they don't give a damn. This yeah. is all about, they're all in now. That's why they're fighting all this tooth and nail. You know, and by the way. <laughs> what if a har- what if when he talks on Friday, as he is so excited to do. They can't let him do that, right? If, if he does, though, <laughs> what if it goes completely, what if it turns into like one of those wacky buddy movies from the 80s where... The intentions are pure, but the results are completely the opposite of what you want. He goes in and starts talking, and then all of a sudden gets makes things worse. So for those of you who don't know what Dream is talking about, Harbaugh said, and this, by the way, this is how wild that press conference was. This was only like the fourth or fifth craziest thing he said yesterday. <laughs> he said, yeah, at the, at the TRO hearing on Friday, I'm going to talk. 
I want to get up there and talk. I've been watching Judge Judy to get ready, and I, oh. and, uh, I love Tom Cruise and a few good men. <laughs> they cannot let him talk. Michigan, for all of its foibles and shortcomings, is an excellent academic ec- uh, institution, and they have incredibly well-compensated and excellent attorneys. Oh, yeah. I got to believe those attorneys are going to be like, Jim, there is absolutely no way you're speaking. The adult taking him gently by the arm out of the courtroom. Sure, Jim. (laughs) He cannot talk at that hearing. He wants to. You think they're going to tell him no? Yes. He's Jim Harbaugh. I know, but it's for his own good. So? They distract him with a, oh, look, we found a spare chicken. (laughs) You know, this is one of the most low-maintenance, high-productivity animals in all of the animal kingdom. Oh, is it? Mm. Now, I heard, Jim, you thought it was a nervous bird. And, and the whole TRO hearing happens while he's soliloquying uh, about how he was wrong about chickens. Yeah, That's about the only way to keep him out of that hearing and talking. Didn't mean to get to that prematurely, but... Uh, they can't let him in. I just... They just uh, can't. I'm just thinking about you, that. You know what it would be like? Um, gosh, there are a lot of commonalities. Recently, the... Uh, 45th president, Donald Trump, has been Hmm. in court, right, in New York for, I don't even know which legal issue this is, but, like, they have him (laughs) him on tape, like, incriminating himself. Right. You know, they're accusing him of falsifying and over-inflating the worth of some of his properties, right? Right. And then he's, of course, not true. Not true. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, okay, but in this, these documents here, you list such and such worth however many hundreds of millions of dollars. And he's like, well, it's actually worth $74 million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the prosecutor like, stops and goes, oh, <laughs> that would be Harbaugh at this yeah. hearing on Friday. Well, the Big Ten says, Your Honor, we are requesting that you dismiss this motion because there is a preponderance of evidence that this man was directly involved with heretofore the worst cheating scandal and certainly an unparalleled surveillance scheme that is against every rule in the book, but worse than that, violates the spirit of competition on almost every moral level. And the judge says, Mr. Harbaugh, your response? (laughs) And he goes... Uh, well, I mean, well, I, well I, rested. I, and, I told them to go to all the Big Ten schools, but I have anything to do with those SEC schools. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's but, but honestly, what if he does? What if he gets up there and then he says something that they completely can't. opens the gate? <laughs> they can't let him. That's why. And all of a sudden, they he won't. They won't let him do it. Who, this may not be the last punishment meted out. Oh, no. It, no, it definitely... Well, the NCAA hasn't even... That's what I'm saying. How that's soon be, does that... That's the serious punishment. Right. Coming. And by the way, it seems like it's getting worse by the day. So the latest is there are rumblings, and I see some are reporting this, but it hasn't really gone mainstream yet. We've talked about it on this show. Chris Solari, the MSU beat writer for the Free Press, prophesized this. Solari Damas. <laughs> but we've talked about it a lot on the show. There is, There appears to be a very definite and a very critical and, connect the dots, potentially very damning sports betting element to this. Oh. Because U.S. integrity is involved, and U.S. integrity is like this, this firm that monitors irreg- irregularities in the sports gaming market. 
that's how they figured out all those Iowa and Iowa State players were gambling on games because they figured out what was going on. Mm -hmm. So they're involved now. They're part of the investigation. Well, that's not good news for Michigan, not at all. At this point, only speculation. That's true. Like, we don't have any evidence that that was going on, at least not yet. The NCAA might, but remember, they... You remember the Big Ten says the NCAA has significant evidence Mm -hmm. that that backs up the punishment that the Big Ten doled out. I think that was the most interesting part of Tony Petiti's outline of why he did what he did last Friday. If you haven't seen that, go find that online. It's like a 10-page letter he wrote explaining why they did what they did, the Big Ten, that is. And in it, and people aren't really publicizing this. I don't know why. To me, this is a huge detail. He says after he talks about all the evidence that the NCAA shared with them and even more that the NCAA told them about but didn't produce yet, he says very clearly he outlines the Big Ten – uh, in making this suspension on Friday, res- res- uh, reserves the right to mete out additional discipline this season. Yeah. Well, they didn't put that in there just in case. Like, I think that's a pretty serious thing to keep nut. your eye on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but, but, you know, what else could they do? Really? Ban them from the Big Ten title game? Uh-huh. That'd be and- doing them a favor because then they still get in the playoffs. Uh, or can they, I guess they... Technically, the Big Ten, well... They can't suspend him for anything beyond Big Ten stuff, you know? So the playoff would be completely out of their hands. Mm. I don't know what else there is to do for the Big Ten. And frankly, look, what they already did is... It's just lip service so he doesn't get fired. Tony Petiti, that is. We got to take a break. We can get into more on this. And then the latest is Michigan fans clamoring to leave the Big Ten, which, you know, do I expect stupid talking points out of a fan base? Yes. That's normal for any fan base. But it's being reported on now by Sports Illustrated Michael Rosenberg, who used to work here for the free press. We got to get into that. It's wild. And we're back here on Offensive Minded Total BS after these words. Get your Detroit Lions pregame fix all season with nachos and kneecaps. The Lansing area's very own local Detroit Lions tailgate show. Presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason. Join yours truly, Beanie, from Offensive Minded on the game 7.30 a.m. And Brock Palmbush every week about two hours before kickoff. We cover all the Lions angles, player availability, matchups, outrageous Dan Campbell in-game decisions and audio, local ski mask sales, and everything else. Nachos and kneecaps presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason is also brought to you by Miller Lite. On Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ and the Game 738 East Lansing, a town square media station. Game 730 AM. Lansing's only sports station. I'm Matt Bailey. From the Breslin Center to Little Caesars Arena, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident. On the game 730 AM. the capital city yes as <laughs> we're at you. less than two minutes two minutes less than two hours 
away from Michigan State and Duke in the Champions Classic tonight. From the United Center, it, uh, the Windy City, Chicago. We'll play that at some time today. Steve, excuse me, Dream. Yeah. You requested Sweet, Sweet Home Chicago. Sweet Home Chicago. Baby, don't you want to go? Heck yeah, man. Okay, we'll do that. Um, and listen, that's, that's fair game still. The question about that is, it's Michigan State and Duke, but, uh, you know, it's a November college basketball game in an invitational. But doesn't it feel like, like we need this? We need something after what we've gone through yes. this football season? We need... We need to be like this tomorrow when we come in to wrap on this game. This is a celebration. You can just hear the excitement in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> this is a celebration. Yeah. I'll never forget that moment. That was his abruptly announced retirement press conference. Mm -hmm. And someone asked, Mark, are you retiring because like something bad's about to happen? <laughs> no, this is this is a celebration. Mm. This is a celebration. <laughs> that sounds like a celebration to me. Well, He's not a very excitable fella. That's he's pretty, true. pretty low key. That's true. I love Coach Mark. Man, I, I miss Coach D'Antonio. Why? He's still there. I don't know what he does. Well, but he's still there. He's not the head coach anymore. Here's an email from the horse handicapper, formerly known as Daily Double, now relegated to the lame moniker of Steve from Email, mm -hmm. who emails in beanie at wvfnam.com. He says, Tim Stout is 74 years old. About a half hour, he drove me by. What? Oh, I see. About a half hour ago, he drove by me in his red Corvette with his Joe Biden shades on. <laughs> he deserves to be called Mr. Cool. Yeah. He's the only guy I know that doesn't like attention, but for some reason, <laughs> drives a red Corvette. I go down on this guy. <laughs> uh, so, uh, that's. I mean... I don't want to be harassed when I'm out in public, but I had a convertible Camaro at one point. Whoa. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Terrible mistake. Yeah. You know, why buy a car you can only drive like 12 weekends a year, you know? <laughs> and only around the block. Because <laughs> you're anyway. afraid of somebody hitting it. All right. Um, <clears throat> well... All right, I'm just going to leave that 75, 72. <laughs> That's it. I'm just okay. blurting out numbers now. Okay, uh, well, let's get into the what uh, John Freeberg in the free game 730 AM app asked about. So you've probably heard this from the Michigan fans in your life, but they're talking about, of course they're aggrieved, you know, hail to the victims. That's trademarked, I think, mm -hmm. but they're aggrieved and they feel like the big 10 is on a witch hunt against them. This is not news. Everybody knows this, right? So a, a popular talking point among them has been, well, we should just leave the Big Ten, which, okay, fine. A fan base is going to have a silly talking point like that. That doesn't surprise me. I could see if roles were reversed and State was going through this, I'm, I can say with the utmost confidence our fan base, at least a certain segment of it, would be discussing the same thing. We need to get out of here. Yeah. This is total BS. We've been putting up with it for years, see what, though. See what, see what you're I not, did you're not, Yeah, I heard you. But here's Trademark. what makes it interesting. Michael Rosenberg, who used to cover basically all things sports in Michigan for the Detroit Free Press, he's now at Sports Illustrated. He wrote about this headline. Uh, says, Big Ten botched Michigan and Jim Harbaugh punishment with clumsy investigation. But let me read you a little bit from his story. Tony Petiti has no idea how badly he just botched his job. But here's a hint. In a meeting last week, 
Michigan's Board of Regents discussed possibly leaving the Big Ten if Petiti suspended coach Jim Harbaugh without what the school considered to be due process. Okay, again, Michael Rosenberg, a serious, credible journalist with serious, credible ties to this area, having worked for the Free Press for at least a decade, probably longer, is reporting that Michigan's Board of Regents has discussed leaving the Big Ten over the Big Ten's response and handling of this whole situation with Michigan's scandal. Mm. My initial response when hearing Michigan is considering leaving the Big Ten? Well, bye. (laughs) Or goodbye. (laughs) I mean, I'll help you pack. No problem. If this is serious, but it's not. There's no way. Let's outline the reasons why. Because John Freeberg, the mayor of Holt, messaging in the free game 730 AM app, he says, any truth to that rumor? No. There's, it's a math problem. And here's what I mean. So last year, U of M Athletics reported a record profit in their athletic department, $17.1 million. Now, that's, that's a really good number for anyone because most athletic departments and college sports are in the red there's 17.1 million in the black. Can I say that? That's pro- yes. That's profit. Yeah. That's folks. That's after all the bills have been paid. Yep. 17 million dollars in pure profit. Now, you know what's instrumental to that 17 million dollars in profit and in fact is the lifeblood of every Power 5 athletic department? Their conferences revenue sharing payments. Last year, Part of what helped Michigan make $17 million in pure profit was their annual TV revenue sharing payout from the Big Ten, which amounted to $59 million. What, was, what were their contemporaries paying around college football at the same time? Well, I have those numbers for you. They got $59 million from the Big Ten, right? The ACC paid $31 million. The Big 12 paid 41 million the sec was closest at 54.3 million dollars okay so listen if michigan were seriously going to leave the big 10 where would they go dream i wouldn't have the first clue well we know it ain't going to be the sec because look at the way michigan schedules you think they want that smoke you know what i think they want they would build their own conference <laughs> the integrity pick their own people. Don't forget this fan base a few years ago was so disgusted by what they accused Ohio State of, of doing in recruiting, which has never been proven or substantiated. They said, we need to form our own conference called the Integrity Conference. Oh my God. Let's check in on how that concept's going. Anyway, yeah, it would, I'm pretty sure it would be the ACC if this were a real thing, which it's not. Here's why. It's not as hard as the SEC, Right. And it's a better geographic fit. Mm -hmm. Plus, the ACC, like the East Coast, is definitely more amenable to to Michigan's like values as an institution. Think about that. You know, Michigan always gets this rap for better or for worse academically as being an East Coast school in the Midwest. So they would fit right right in there. That's, That's what would happen. Can we agree? Yeah. It wouldn't be the SEC. Maybe they'll just go to the Ivy League. 
Here, let's 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 do an, a fun exercise. Let's say Michigan did go to the SEC, uh-huh. and let's look at what their schedule would look like. Now, remember, the SEC only plays an eight-game schedule right now, so Michigan could still have four completely pulseless teams in the non-conference like they are want to do. Uh-huh. That's fine. So they could be four and zero every year. I'll just uh, I'll pick Missouri as the team whose schedule they would take because Missouri is in the SEC East, which isn't as difficult as the SEC West, right? The East is Georgia's division, but the West has Bama, LSU, Auburn, Ole Miss, A&M, if they ever get their act together. But anyway, the point is we'll go with Missouri. Here's what Michigan's schedule would look like at Vanderbilt. No big deal, right? Mm. Versus LSU. That's Mm. a problem. That's a team that has better talent than you. Sure. At Kentucky, you got better talent, but they've been a problem for other SEC schools, right? Mm-hmm. Versus South Carolina, ah, that's no problem. At Georgia, well, <laughs> at Tennessee, mm-hmm. no gimme. Nope. Home versus Florida. I mean, Michigan would probably pound Florida this year, but maybe this not year. on a year-in, 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 year-out basis, right? And at Arkansas, that shouldn't be a problem. So right there in those eight games, that eight-game conference season, we see one, two, three, four, maybe five, five serious games. Is that fair? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay, now let's take a look at Michigan's actual schedule this year. Without addressing the abomination that is their non-conference, here's their conference slate. Versus Rutgers at Nebraska. At Minnesota versus Indiana. At Michigan State versus Purdue. At Penn State, at Maryland, and home versus Ohio State. Translation, Michigan has a one-game season. And I don't want to hear about Penn State being legit. Come on. I mean, it's still impressive what they did. But come on, man. Penn State is is one-dimensional. They're so one-dimensional, well, they, Michigan could play them mimicking that one-dimensionality, right? Well, they showed that last weekend. Yeah, so my point here is Michigan doesn't want that smoke. They wouldn't go to the SEC. They would go to the ACC. And they would immediately lose, depending on what year this happened. Again, this if Michigan wanted to do this, which this isn't real, but let's say Michigan did want to leave the Big Ten as soon as next year, well, they'd either have to find a, a brilliant legal loophole that no one else has to get out of the contract early because the schools contract the schools to or the, the conference contracts the schools to sign on for x amount of time to protect themselves florida state and clemson are dealing with that the hard way right now trying to get it out of the acc but the contract that they signed voluntarily says you can't do that until 2034 unless you pay like an 80 million dollar exit fee. Sheesh. So the Big Ten has something similar. I don't know what the numbers are, but the point is, it's made prohibitively expensive to keep it from happening. Let's just say Michigan could somehow wiggle their way out of that and make that happen without having to pay that money. They'd probably go to the ACC. And projections for next year, for next year's conference TV payouts, go something like this. The Big Ten is projected to pay over $100 million within the next few years. Everyone agrees next year it's going to be 70-plus, maybe 80-plus. The ACC next year, $40 million. So that would be a $30 million difference at least, probably more like $40 million. Mm-hmm. For a school who just had a record profit of $17 million. 
For those of you like me who went to public schools, 40 is greater than 17. Now, Michigan has very smart business people pulling the strings. Do you think those people are going to make a move where they go from the richest athletic department with the biggest profit to one with a $20 to $30 debt deficit overnight? No. Yeah. Not happening. But it's fun to talk about, I guess. It's not a real thing, guys. It's just not. Because, you know, economics, Michigan is not going to commit economic suicide. They just won't. The only way they could make it tolerable from a financial pain perspective would be going to the SEC. And we know they don't want that. They don't want that smoke. Again, this, this is just fun content for us. It wouldn't happen. But it's fun to think about because, for one, honest to God, I would love it. I would love if they left. If I never had to play Michigan again, I'd be fine. Who would you say are the top three schools in the SEC this year? Ready, go. In terms of what? Just overall talent and, and you know. The best football teams? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, Georgia, obviously. Yep. Alabama. And then probably at LSU. Do any of those three teams lose to Michigan if they played right now? I would say Michigan would have a serious chance to beat LSU because their defense is so bad. Mm -hmm. But LSU also has, by far, the number one offense across every team statistic. So I think that would be a problem. Yeah, Michigan, the the, the Big Ten does not prepare these teams to play SEC teams. Right. That's why it doesn't go well Mm -hmm. in the playoff every year, seemingly. I think Michigan would have a chance because the way they play on offense against that god-awful LSU defense... That tends to make me think they would control the clock and keep that offense off the field. I would pick Michigan to beat LSU at a neutral site. Okay. I would pick Alabama to beat Michigan at a neutral site. Me too. And I would definitely pick Georgia to beat them at a neutral site. 100%. I still think Michigan is far and away the best team in the Big Ten, though, and I think you're going to see that in, what, 12 days when they embarrass Ohio State again. But I digress. The point is, something else that's fun to think about as a Michigan State person, I would love if Michigan left. That'd be awesome. Again, I'd help you pack. <laughs> I would. I would be your, your personal two men in a truck. I mm-hmm. would help you get the hell out of here. I'd smack you on the rear end and say, go out there and be somebody. Yep. <laughs> Never want to see or hear from me again. That'd be great. Get lost. But what's funny is th- this is only happening because it's like a really petty thing to talk about. Oh, yeah. They're trying to get across to the Big Ten. We're so mad. It's like when your girlfriend is mad at you but won't tell you why. So she just huffs a lot. Or she's just stomping around. You say, what's wrong? Nothing. That's probably not a good analogy. Neither one of us should get on that road probably. But every guy listening knows what we're talking about. Yeah. That's what Michigan's doing right now. They're mad. They didn't get their way for the first time ever. They were told no by the Big Ten. So You know what? We'll just leave. I'm ex- I, I equate it more to like a, exactly like a child throwing a temper <laughs> tantrum, stamping their feet, crossing their arms. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Yeah, that's probably better. Mm-hmm. And like you said, less injurious yeah. to us in our home life. But the best part about it is they would leave the Big Ten and then they'd be consumed with, I bet they miss us. I bet they miss us so bad. And here's the thing. You know what happens if Michigan leaves the Big Ten? First of all, the Big Ten would fight tooth and nail to keep them because that'd be a horrible business move for the Big Ten, too, mm-hmm. to lose. 
I know people up here don't like to hear this, but it's just math, guys. Michigan is the biggest cash cow yeah. in the Big Ten. Yeah. Ohio State's probably a close second, yeah. but Michigan is literally worth more. And what I mean by that is they have a bigger fan base that engages more with advertising products. Because they're America's team. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't think of it that way. Come on now. But anyway, what does the Big Ten do if that actually happened? Well, of course, they're not going to stand pat and just ag- agree to lose millions of dollars every year. I have to believe that they're, they're moving out of the Big Ten would represent probably $10 million less in the payout every year for every, or for every school. So $140 million or $180 million, whatever it would be, a lot of money. But you know what could make that really palatable? Put in a full court press on and finally getting Notre Dame to say yes. <laughs> Just going to say that. That would be a number one, the top priority. Probably to the point where the Big Ten would finally cave to Notre Dame's demands in order to finally get into bed with the Big Ten, which are special treatment. And the Big Ten historically has said, absolutely not. If you want to be a part of the Big Ten, you'll be a part of the Big Ten, which means you'll be treated just like everyone else. Notre Dame won't join the Big Ten for a lot of reasons. One, they don't need to. Mm-hmm. They don't need the money. They've got enough money. And they're about to get their, their NBC deals about to come back up. And I guess they're going to get like 70 plus million per year. So they'll be fine there. But even without that, they've got enough money. That's not the issue. I think Jack Swarbrick has been very transparent about this, the outgoing Notre Dame athletic director. He said, Notre Dame will not join a conference until we have to. And until we need the money and or no longer have a path to the national championship without conference affiliation, we're not going to do it. The Big Ten would have to agree to what Notre Dame has wanted all these years every time they've flirted, which is let Notre Dame set its own schedule, have an autonomy over its schedule. Because Notre Dame never wants to be playing in the middle of a cornfield at noon on Saturday. (laughs) They're above that. I think the Big Ten would be open to it if they were trying to replace the lost revenue from Michigan. I think they would have discussions. I think they would say, okay, we can grandfather you in and we can guarantee that you'll never have to play at Iowa at noon or you'll (laughs) never have to host Rutgers at noon. Mm -hmm. You will only have the 3.30 and onward time slot and the Big Ten could promise to get them at least one game on the West Coast and one game on the East Coast every year. I'm sure they could make that concession, too. You're going way down the rabbit hole. Because well, this ain't going to happen. No, it's not. But it's fun to talk about. Yeah. I, the thing is, what would <laughs> I would love it. Michigan out of the conference? Yes, that would be awesome. I would love it. Just trying to be completely transparent with you. But the best part, the most delicious part is that Michigan would leave all out of pettiness, even though it's a bad business move for everyone involved. And then the Big Ten would immediately move on and replace them with Notre Dame. All of this because of one person. Yep. And if they're going to hitch their wagon to one person and make a decision like that, what does that say about the university? You know, that's the weirdest thing about all this to me. We talked about this on the tailgate show. This never had to happen. Well, for one, if you don't cheat, it doesn't happen. There's that. But... Even with the cheating, this didn't have to go this way. The, the commissioner came to Ann Arbor 10 days ago and met privately with them and said, listen, mm-hmm. we're going to do something. Now, we're going to give you the opportunity to do it to yourselves first. And if you do this, 
Supposedly, he said a two-game suspension. Some people say he said suspend Harbaugh through the rest of the regular season. If you do this, we're out. Pontius Pilate, our hands are clean. Mm -hmm. We won't bother you again the rest of this season. But, of course, it's Michigan. (laughs) Well, they can't take a no from anyone. They can't be told what to do, so they fought tooth and nail and made it worse. But the most mind-numbing part is that they're, they're risking it all. And frankly, the most precious thing to the brand, that block in brand, which stands for doing things the right way, which we all know outside of the cult. Everyone knows that's total bull crap. You were going to say, no, I didn't want to. I didn't want to dilute our brand. (laughs) Like a Michigan fan, I I cherish brand. (laughs) But think about that. They're they're willing to risk all of that and throw it all away. And suffer like way worse than they ever needed to. Their little, their their precious national championship run, albeit eventually vacated anyway, they could have without any Big Ten intervention. If ten days ago they had just said, "Fine, Jim, you're sitting down for three games, four games, whatever it was at that time, mm-hmm. you can come back for the postseason," but they wouldn't do it. They're risking it all for this guy who won't even be there next year, right? One way or the other, right? For a guy who. And this is the weirdest of the weird. A good chunk of the people in positions of power, whether it's administration or donors, hate. Mm-hmm. Not can't stand or irritated by. They hate this guy. Hate him on a personal level. Because he's just, look, there's a reason why before this job, Harbaugh never had a gig for more than five years. He burns people out. You can see why. His press conferences are unhinged. Imagine dealing with that every day. This guy's going to lecture you about chickens <laughs> and how he's come around on their nervousness. It, they're throwing it all away for that. Isn't that wild? Yeah. He's not going to be there. Why? In the, they don't need him. That's another thing. What does Harbaugh do on the sideline? Just kind of awkwardly trots around, waddles with his mouth very, agape? Yeah. With his very oddly wide hips <laughs> and his hands on his hips like a pregnant woman, just sauntering up and down the sideline while the co- coordinators run the show. And by the way, that's, I'm not trying to put him down. That's how the best coaches do it. You know, they aren't as meticulously involved. They're kind of overseeing the entire operation. It's the coordinators that are more involved in the nitty gritty in the games. Michigan is just so obsessed with the appearances, you know. It matters most to them. That's why they fought all this tooth and nail. And that's why they're out there and they have their accomplices in the media playing along with this victimhood act. Did you see, like, with the president of the university, man, debasing himself? And he has before, so maybe it shouldn't be a surprise, considering the guy's breath smells like Harbaugh's ass. (laughs) But this dude is out there tweeting after that game. Well, first of all, when all the players, when the suspension came down Friday, are tweeting bet. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which is what, Zillennial and Gen Z for, okay, F-A-F-O, right? Mm-hmm. You're about to find out. That's what it means. All the players are tweeting that. And then the president tweets it. And then after the game, he tweets about, so proud of our athletes and coaches for overcoming all of these obstacles and adversity. 
Oh, you mean the obstacles and adversity that they themselves created by breaking the rules? It's unbelievable. It, it really is. Yeah. It's I, and I'm telling you, what I keep coming back to is I can't believe they're throwing it all away for this guy. <laughs> Who won't even be there in a few months. One way or the other. Either he's going to get a massive show cause suspension or they'll fire him because it'll be an untenable position finally or he'll go back to the NFL if anyone will have him, which I'm not convinced will happen. Who knows? Or maybe he, he'll he be so fulfilled after winning that national championship that's going to be vacated, he wanders <laughs> off into the horizon to run his own chicken farm. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I mean, isn't it weird from, from your perspective? You tell me. Do you find it odd how they are just falling on the sword for this dude? Yeah. And they're, they're usually very uh, passionate about their coaches, too. Even Brady Hoke. Look at, look at all their coaches previous to Harbaugh. They're, they're all in, which you got to admire the passion. That's great. Back your guy. This is Michigan, for God's sake. <laughs> he announced he's retiring. Did you uh, see that? I heard, I heard that, yeah. I didn't think he was that old. But did you, do you, do you know what I mean? Like they, they always seem to think, oh, this guy's it. Here's our new, this is our new one right here. Ah, uh, here's our know. new bow. Rich Rodriguez. Everybody loved Rich Rod. Ooh, they loved for, him. For they long. loved him when they first, when he first got there. They loved Brady Hogue. He's a Michigan guy. I would have crawled from San Diego for this job. Mm-hmm. I used to have a, <laughs> I used to have a drop. It was in the old system. I don't know if it's still here. Let me look. But <laughs> this might be it. Hold on. It's sad that uh, this great university and this great program and the tradition has divisions. <laughs> no, that's not the one. People uh, uh, thinking that Michigan is uh, uh, on a downward spiral or doesn't have that national acclaim. Shame on them. And shame on him if it's people who are Michigan people. That was from his introductory press conference. That's we're excited to be. No, I don't have it. Okay, but it was it was him. He did this interview where he was talking about the best part of coaching. It was he was trying to say it's about impacting young people's lives. Oh, oh but, boy! But you know Brady Hoke's a bit of a yeoman, bit of a layman, a bit of an everyman. Yeah. And he said the best part of this job is you know. <laughs> Touching these kids. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I go down on this guy. Oh. We're back after these words. There's only one station in Lansing that you've depended on for sports for over 30 years. Some call us by our government-given name of WVFN East Lansing. You can call us by the name the people of Lansing know us by, and that name is The Game. 7.30 a.m. Start your weekday morning with the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout. Middays with Mike Greenberg. Offensive-minded with Beanie Howell. And The Huge Show with Bill Simonson. We're a force to be reckoned with. We're Lansing's only sports. Sports Station, The Game, 7.30 a.m. The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports Network. He shoots, he scores on a backhand. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. Perkins scores from the right side goal line. 
every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey. You could say we know a thing or two about sports. Let's go! But we've only been doing it for 30 years. We're the game, 7.30 a.m. All right, we're back. Wrapping it up with you today. Got a message in Facebook. You can message us on Facebook. Search for the game, 7.30 a.m. Scott says, playing out this ridiculous hypothetical of Michigan leaving the Big Ten, what would keep Ohio State interested in staying if Michigan leaves? Well, probably, look, they've dominated the Big Ten in football, even with Michigan, except for the last couple of years. Probably that, but also... The Big Ten wouldn't just stand pat and absorb that loss. They'd probably move heaven and earth to get Notre Dame. Right. Which would more so than make up for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> move heaven to get Notre Dame. <laughs> They'd wake up the echoes to get Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, but also, like, if Michigan leaves the Big Ten, like, where would Ohio State go? Would they follow them? No. Ohio State could probably get by in the SEC. Don't you think? Because they have commensurate talent. Well, not with Georgia. Consistently... Year after year, yes. They're the only ones that have beaten them on the mm-hmm. national stage. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. Wouldn't that be funny, though? If Would that be like a domino effect? Kind of like when USC and UCLA left the Pac-12 and then it was just over. Like, it just the house of cards started tumbling. Right. I don't know. I'm sure if this were a real thing, which, again, categorically it is not that Michigan would want that to happen to like, you know, scorched earth on the way out to blow up the big 10, but it's just silly sports radio fodder at this. Yeah. Like there's, there's no seriousness to it. Uh, Bass boat. Randy emails in beanie at WVFNAM.com. He says with the Northwestern Michigan and Michigan state scandals, the big 10 really isn't that marquee. Yeah, but it makes a ton of money, Randy, (laughs) the most. Yeah. You know what blows my mind about it, Dream? What's that? Is that it's the most commercially successful conference because of its football brands, and yet the games are almost all awful. (laughs) Awful! We just had a top 10 matchup with its best team and probably its third best team, and it was awful. It wasn't fun to watch at all. No. And it was a close game for most of the way. It just... God, it was like the intriguing part. (laughs) We got back to the 70s. I mean, the best team in the Big Ten decided to run the ball 32 straight times. (laughs) And I've thought about it this way all year. Think about like CBS, who's part of the reason why the Big Ten has the most money, right? Jumping ship from the SEC to the Big Ten. Think about like the S, (laughs) the, the, Average CBS viewer who doesn't have a particular allegiance but has just gotten accustomed over the years to flipping on CBS at 3.30 every Saturday and catching a, a good game. Tennessee and Kentucky. Alabama, <laughs> LSU, you know, Georgia, Florida. Yeah. Even the less marquee games that yeah. feature one of those teams sometimes turns out to be fun. Like, uh, I don't know, Georgia, Missouri was a right. tight game for a while. Stuff like that. This year they're turning it on and they're getting... Nebraska Rutgers. Ooh, that's how does that make more money? That's what I just can't figure out. Now, I know the real reason 
it's about the size of the fan bases and the marketing appeal within those markets. I get that. Yeah. The Big Ten has the Big Ten has footprints in bigger markets than the SEC does. Because mm-hmm. look, the American Southeast, it just it doesn't hold up compared to, you know, Chicago, New York City, LA, stuff like that, you know, like what do they yeah. have? Atlanta and that's probably the biggest market down there. You think CBS was just trying to get out in front of the whole West Coasties are coming over to us now. I think they wanted to hitch their horse to the or their wagon to the the best horse, mm-hmm. and it is it like undeniably it's the most productive and high powered money wise horse. It's just damn that's sexy. <laughs> These games are brutal. Yeah, but it's because of yeah, you you hit the nail on the head with invoking the dean because <laughs> it's the timelessness of these fan bases. That sounds sexy. Mm-hmm. Makes them incredibly profitable. Iowa is just awful to watch. Awful. Even when things are going great for them, it's unwatchable football. But what I mean is, though, you bring these teams from the from the Pac-10 that are coming over. Maybe you have a better better way of picking and choosing what games to put on your on your docket if you're CBS. Well, what do you mean? They they get ter- secondary choice every okay. week. So Fox is paying the most, so they get the first crack, and that's what they want Big Noon for. So if you're saying that they don't, if 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 you're saying that Iowa, Nebraska, those teams are not sexy to the viewer, maybe you've got a few more choices, and you can then go down those roads. Well, so Iowa and Nebraska are definitely some of the more appealing teams in the Big Ten, not to watch, but because of the the size and loyalty of the fan Correct. base, the money it represents is right. insane. You know, it's just crazy. But if you're a layperson, do you do you get excited to see, you know, a UCLA, or do you get excited to see Iowa? Well, it's definitely UCLA because at least they can throw the ball. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, but, just... but you know what else is weird is you think about like the fan engagement. Like, watch a UCLA home game; they get to play in the Rose Bowl, and it's like at least half empty every game. Mm-hmm. It's sad because LA is not a college sports market yet. Right. It's it's worth a ton. Those two programs are. And then you look at Iowa, which is god awful to watch, and that place is packed. Yeah, it's like a great. Oh. In- and what they do with looking at the hospital and the whole, oh, man. That's the wave great. to the, oh, the kids. I, it just gets me every time. Yeah, and I'm not speaking ill of Iowa, by the way. I mean, I, I love all the Big Ten schools. I'm a Big Ten, you know, fan. I, I, but, but from a marketing standpoint. I don't know, man. If I'm watching an Iowa football game, I've got enough depression going on. <laughs> I don't need to know about all the sick kids in the hospital right next door. Still pretty cool. It is. It's just like, damn, dude, I got enough bad things going on in my life. I'm watching an Iowa football game. <laughs> You're going to throw sick kids on top of it? And then you go to commercial break and it's Sarah McLaughlin with those sad <laughs> homeless dogs. <laughs> and the cat's like missing an eye. <laughs> you, you can't get away from those no matter what number. Uh, Basketball Randy says, yes, Big Ten has the money, no titles. Yep. Well, I mean, Ohio State was the last one in 2014. And then in basketball, it's even worse. We're almost a quarter century from state winning mm. one. That's even more inexplicable to me. Because at least the, like, the Big Ten in basketball has more often than not, it seems like, had the reputation as the better conference. And yet it just can't win one. Mm-mm. ACC, no problem. Big Ten, quarter century. Mm-hmm. That's just inexcusable, man.
Unbelievable. Which is more embarrassing? Probably that, because at least, like, Ohio State has won one and has held its own a little bit on the major stages. Uh, Jeff in St. John's on the free game, 730 AM app. You're putting Michigan up on a pedestal. They're only all that in their own minds. And they're cheaters. Well, Yeah, we're, we, we don't... That's fine, but what I'm talking about is how much money they're worth, which is... No denying that. A lot. That is a massive fan base that is very engaged. And on top of it, they love betting on their team. Look, all you need to know about the pervasiveness and just unfathomable size of the Michigan fan base is, look, until the last few years, and we know what's going on there, but until then... Michigan had been, over the past 30 years, the singularly worst team against the spread. Why? Because their fan base artificially inflates lines all the time. They always have a bigger line than they they should because their fans, Vegas preys on their enormous fan base. Right. You know how much money Vegas has made off of Michigan fans? Fish in the barrel. Yeah. Well, whether it's point spreads or like futures bets... Think of all the money they took from Michigan fans from all those September Heismans, Tate mm. Forcier, Denard Robinson, all those guys. <laughs> but seriously, like, we're, we're having fun, but that's just more evidence of the size and potency of that fan base. It's the biggest probable. Well, Texas, I think, is technically the most profitable, but Michigan is right there. Mm-hmm. And then Ohio State, I think, is just a cut below State is what, 12th in revenue? Day one-ish. Are you doing a Uso? Uh, yeah, because I'm just thinking to myself, Michigan's like the Roman Reigns of, of college football. Yeah, like... Uh, the ultimate heel. Also, like, w- what are we doing entertaining this still? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I at least like Roman Reigns. But um. I do think, honestly, look, I used to hear this all the time as a kid, and I hated this argument. But I realize now the reason I hated it is because it's true. College football is better when Michigan is involved. They're a heel. Yes. You got to have a good heel to go against it. It's, it's yep. like, you know, yeah. As uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's character in Ricky Bobby so eloquently put it, the Beatles needed the stones. <laughs> Jesus needs the devil. Diane Sawyer needed. <laughs> yeah, you, it's it's better when yeah. you have. Yeah. And I, I feel the same way about Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You know, I, when they're involved, I feel like it's better. Mm-hmm. I like Major League Baseball when the Yankees are involved because, yeah, it's. I don't know. Because you want to watch them lose. Yeah. You watch them to watch them lose, unless you're a Yankees fan, which there's no accounting for taste. But <laughs> they're but, hurting right now, man. But But again, yeah, I mean, it. And then what a sweet victory it is. It doesn't matter how many losses and wins you have on the season if you're a Tigers fan. If you can get a win over the Yankees, you're, that's great. Yeah. You, know? you take them any way you can get them. Yankees fans are not doing well. Yeah. So, like, uh, wow. I was just in New York City a couple months ago, and it's yeah. not good there. Well, same with the Mets. The Mets had higher expectations than the Yankees this year. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That, just, that sums it up for you. Well, we'll play out with a song near and dear to Dream's heart. Is it because you love the Blues Brothers? Yeah, I'm going there Saturday, too. Chicago, what are you doing there this weekend? Got a little Friendsgiving action with our besties. It'll be fun. They live in the city? Yeah. Which neighborhood? I can't remember how to get there. North side, though, I bet. I think so. They're Cubs fans. Definitely. Mm Mm-hmm. We love it. It's going to be fun. 
Well, drive safely. Thank you, sir. We'll miss you on the White Law PLLC tailgate show. I'll miss you as well. Tim will especially. Every time we do the show and you're not there, where's Steve? Where has he been all this time? Oh, man, he makes me feel so good. What a guy. Tim Stout's my hype man. What more can I ask for? Listen, I I don't mean to burst your bubble, but it's only because if you're there, it lowers the amount of effort he has to put in. Come on. (laughs) Which is already pretty low. (laughs) Wow, Beanie. (laughs) Tim's been fun and funny on the tailgate show, though, recently. I don't know what happened. He's a good guy. He's a hot dog guy. You know, uh, Steve from email had a follow-up on Tim and his uh, red Corvette. He says, owning and enjoying a convertible at the age of 36, that's just showing off the fruits of your labor. But at 74, no one cares. (laughs) When I turn 74, I will make a wise investment. Driving a hearse. Killing two birds with one stone. He said, pun intended. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) He's here till Thursday. Try the veal. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see what happens tonight. You're feeling confident, though, sounds like. I am. 75-72. Let's go. Okay. Mark it down. What are you going to say? I'm, dude, picking basketball scores is so silly. I, I, I know. I, who, I'll just say this. I think Duke covers. I think they'll win by four or more. Okay. And if they don't, I'll be happy. I'll come on here and say, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I was wrong. I needed something positive to sure. happen. And it looks like Urban Meyer's off the table, so <laughs> I'll settle for beating Duke in a meaningless November game. We didn't even get into that. Yeah, we didn't. Or Jamie Chadwell oh. tipping his hand that he's going to be Mississippi State's next coach. For tomorrow. You, it's a tease. Yeah, we'll do that. Can you believe that, though? No, that's craziness. Whoops. Word to the wise. <laughs> if you're entertaining other job opportunities, maybe don't tweet with your location enabled. <laughs> maybe I don't want Jamie Chadwell. I don't know. Maybe he's not that bright of a guy. Yeah, I'd still take him. Mm. He can't be worse than the last guy, <laughs> considering he was. I'm a horse football coach right now. Bye, Dream. Yeah. See you tomorrow, folks. Be safe. Be good.